good morning, everyone. Welcome to the jar. Be grateful that you came to the second celebration today, because when the first came, it was 58 degrees in here, okay? And uh, we kind of worked that around. So if you get a little warm, it's because we tried to heat you up a little bit, okay? Uh, I had a guy that came up to me, and he's like, you know, Chris, you've said before that... uh, you know, you know the Holy Spirit's present like if you have goosebumps. And he said, dude, it was Holy Spirit was all over the place, you know. Uh, so, hey, we're so glad that you're here today. If you would, there's a uh, card in your program that looks like this. It's the Connect card. If you could pull that out and uh, start to fill that out, uh, that would be great. And we will uh, receive these, uh, collect these later on at the end of the celebration. And also, uh, today we're having our big uh, barbecue uh, contest cookout. So if you don't have plans for lunch, we'd love for you to stay and uh, to hang out. It'll be right after uh, the celebration. And uh, so hope that you can do that as well. Well, today I'm really excited to introduce to you our uh, new uh, JAR Kids director. Uh, This is Rebecca Keats. And so uh, let's welcome Rebecca uh, to... Our family. Now, uh, Rebecca, it's been great getting to know you over the past couple of months with the uh, interview process. And uh, I've got to know you well, and the staff has too. But I uh, would love for these people to get a chance uh, to get to know you a little bit better. So if you could tell us a little bit about yourself, that'd be great. Uh-oh. Oh, there, there we go. So it's a pleasure to be with all of you guys today. I just wanted to say that. Um, I am a Muncie native. I grew up here with my mom, my dad, and my younger sister. Um, I actually came back in the school years, and I worked here at my home church, which was Holy Trinity Lutheran Church. I was a youth director there, so I provided a every Sunday um, Bible study for youth after church. And I also was the children's director during church. So I provided a children's church for all of the kids of the church during during grown-ups church. Um, I graduated from Wapahani High School in 2014, and I went and furthered my education at Anderson University, where I studied music education. Cool. Very good. And um, why don't you share a little bit about uh, why you chose to apply and uh, to become our Jar Kids director? Yeah. So I've always had a passion for children's ministries, um, and I find it to be such a vital and crucial part of a child's upbringing. Um, I want to provide a safe place for children to kind of grow in their faith and learn about God on their own time and their own space. Um, I spent multiple summers um, providing a space for children through church camps and traveling to different churches all over the state of Indiana um, and just kind of providing that for them. Um, And then, of course, I chose the jar because from the second I walked in last month, I think, um, I just felt completely loved and welcomed, and it was a place where I could totally and completely be me, and I really just appreciated that, and I just kind of knew that this was was it. Yeah, very cool. Well, uh, I know something kind of big, maybe just a little bit, happened to you last weekend, so could you share that a little bit? Yeah, so on May 26th, which was last Saturday, um, I got married, so, yeah. So, my husband's name is Jeremy, and he 
also just graduated from Anderson University, and he's a double major in exercise science and sport and recreational leadership. So his end-all goal is to go to grad school for exercise physiology and then one day be a professor of exercise physiology. So, so he's smart. That's basically what you're talking yeah, about. Okay. Yeah. So I went to the wedding last weekend, and you know I'm not always like the best in social settings. Some of you have been around me enough to know that. And so at the end of the wedding, they have the line, you know, that you walk through. And I go to Jeremy's grandparents, and they're very kind, loving. And they're like, hey, uh, so glad you came today. And this is what I told him. So glad you were here today, too. You know? <laughs> like, what's up, you know? Um, so anyways, she still came back this week, so it's good. Um, hey, we have something that's coming up at the, uh, in July that is a big deal here at the JAR uh, called uh, Kids Camp. And uh, you have a little uh, insert that looks like this. If you could all pull that out real quick, if everybody could pull that out, that would help us. And uh, I know, Rebecca, this has been a big part of your heart uh, over the last few years as you've used uh, Kids Camps to impact uh, kids' lives. Um, and so I just thought, how, how can people help here? Yeah, so like Chris said, over the past four years, like, this is where my summers went, and this is what I poured my heart and my soul into, um, was just providing kids camps and making kids really excited about Jesus. So I want you guys to be able to come on that journey with me and just see how much you can impact kids as well. Um, so on the back of this card, if you fill it out, there's a place for, like, your name and your email and all of that fun stuff. But then there's also a place where you can check multiple ways that you think your gifts can be used. So there's like child care and crafts and games and snacks and a small group leader and a whole bunch of different ways. And I just invite you to check every place that you think you have skills that you could contribute to this. And I invite you to come on with me and take this journey with me. Okay, so uh, if you can fill that out, that would be great. And then at the uh, end of the celebration, we'll give you a chance to uh, put that uh, in the offering bags when they go by. Well, Rebecca, we're so grateful that you're a part of our team, and we look forward to what God's going to do uh, in your life to take Jar Kids to the next level. And uh, why don't we uh, pray for Rebecca uh, right now? So let's pray. Well, gracious God, I thank you so much for Rebecca, and I thank you for the call on her life, and we thank you, God, for bringing her here to the Jar. And God, we know she's going to do an amazing job, and we pray that you would continue uh, to use her gifts uh, to reach out not only to our kids that are inside the jar, but those kids who are outside, um, both in Muncie and Delaware County and all of East Central Indiana. God, I pray that you'd fill her with creativity. I pray that as she works with the teachers, that they would come along and uh, be able to just create a wonderful experience, that it really would be the best hour of a kid's week. I pray for she and Jeremy as they're newlyweds. I pray a blessing on their marriage. And uh, I just ask that in all she says and does, that um, she would give you honor and glory so that your name would be made great and kids' lives would be changed for eternity. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, let's welcome uh, Rebecca one more time. Well, we're in week two of our series called Forget You, and um, last week, you might remember if you were here, many of you weren't, but um, 
just because it was Memorial Day. I get it, you know. We hope you had fun. But if you were here last week, one of the things that um, you uh, would have remembered is that we actually talked about um, the fact that after a celebration, there are many times that people will come up and they'll share things with me um, about the teaching. And sometimes those can be uh, creative kind of things. And so last Sunday was no exception. Uh, We had some friends of ours uh, who attend here, and their parents were uh, with them for the Memorial Day weekend. And um, our friend's dad is a retired pastor. And so I've met him a couple of times, and so the teaching was done, and they started walking out, and I was greeting people in the front. And um, I thought, oh, this guy's going to come and go, hey, great job. I really appreciate it. And uh, he walked up, and he just had a real straight face, and he's like, that was the worst message I've ever heard in my life. And I was like, okay. And he's like, it was theologically not correct. And, um, you know, forgets you. And then he just kept on walking right by, by me. And I'm sitting there, and I've met him a couple of times. I'm like, that doesn't seem like him, but maybe I really ticked him off, you know. And then pretty soon he kind of turned around, and he started laughing. He's like, no, 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 it was great. He said, I just hate teachings that convict me. And that one did. (laughs) And he said, I need to forget me. And I was like, you know, I don't want any retired pastors, you know, on my my case. Um, Then there was another guy. He walks... uh, by me, and this guy that's usually really encouraging, always like, hey, good message, and uh, he walks by and goes, hey, you know, I, I really wanted to ask you something. I'm like, ah, you know, maybe there's something that worked in his life, and he said, we got any more donuts? And then he just walked by, said, forget you, and then just kept on going. And uh, if you want to listen more about some of the donut dilemma that I had, listen to our app uh, from last week, and you can hear that. But sometimes what happens is, even on a teaching in which we're trying to talk about forget you, sometimes we still have a tendency to make things about us. Even when we try to say, hey, I want to be more humble in my life, we have a tendency to have thoughts that are bombarded in our mind in such a way that we're like, no, 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 no. it actually is about me. Last week we gave the example of if you take a picture of a group of people and you're in that shot, how do you determine whether or not it's a good picture? If you look good, you don't care about anybody else. I mean, you want to look good. I mean, the reality is if you kind of look like, or you're staring off, you're like, that's a horrible picture. We need to take that again. But if you look good and everybody else looks weird, you're like, oh, that's the best picture ever, you know, because you don't care. Now, moment of honesty, how many of you have ever struggled with the fact that you think the world revolves around you? Anyone ever in their life, ever in their life? Okay, now I want you to look around. You see the people not raising their hands right now. Why do we call them? Liars. Look at that. Yeah. Because we've all had those moments where we think it's about us. So what we're going to do is we're going to dig into one particular scripture verse. Uh, We looked at it last week and we'll be looking at it this week as well. And it focuses on this whole idea of us becoming not the center of the universe. It's in John chapter 3 starting in verse 30. And I asked you guys to memorize it last week, so we're going to see if you know what the words are, okay? So let's go ahead. Let's say it out loud together. He must become 
Oh, good, good. And I must become less. That's right. So he must become greater. I must become less. And so uh, what I'd like us to do right now, uh, for those of you who weren't here uh, last week, this is a way to memorize Scripture, is you give the citation first of where the Scripture is found, then say the verse, and then say the citation again where it's located, okay? So we're going to do this all together. We'll say John 3.30, the verse, and then John 3.30 again, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. John 3.30. He must become greater. I must become less. John 3.30. Okay. And so that's really what we want to focus on uh, for the rest of uh, our time together. Now, how many of you know who said those words? <laughs> Deafening silence. Okay, well, let me help you. The guy who wrote these words was Jesus' cousin, a guy by the name of John the Baptist. And John the Baptist was kind of like a rock star when it came to the religious world of his day. Uh, I looked this week. The two biggest concerts uh, that are going on are uh, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen, the boss, okay, and then Beyonce. And so there are like thousands of people that come and watch them. And there are thousands of people coming to see uh, John the Baptist. And one particular day, he's baptizing hundreds of people. And this guy walks down the road and he baptizes him. But when he baptizes him, it's different because it's not just his cousin, his cuz, uh, Jesus, but it is the Son of God. And all of a sudden, John looks to the rest of his disciples and he says, Hey, he's the real deal. Like, this guy is the main one. He's the Christ. Don't follow me. Follow him. Because he must become greater and I must become less. Now, the process of Jesus becoming more in our lives and ourselves becoming less uh, doesn't happen overnight. It, it takes some time to be able to do that. And the way we do that is renewing our mind daily. And this kind of leads to our big idea this morning, and this is your first fill-in, either in your program or on your app, and it's this. Renewing my mind is not a formula, it's a journey. Renewing my mind is not a formula, it's a journey. In other words, renewing your mind with Jesus becoming greater and you becoming less is not some algebraic formula. I do A plus B, and then it equals C. It doesn't work that way in spiritual formation or in spiritual growth. For one person, for God to become greater and for them to become less, it may be A plus B equals C. For other people, it may be A plus B equals F. For another person, it may be A plus B equals Z. As many people as there are, there are different spiritual journeys that are unique and very different. Because the ways we connect with God are infinite. So the spiritual journey that we're on is one in which we want to renew our minds so that he becomes greater and we become less. So we look in the mirror and we say, forget you, because it's not about you. Now, as we're going down uh, this journey, maybe no scripture speaks to the importance of renewing our mind more than one in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. 
And a guy by the name of Paul, who wrote close to half of the New Testament, writes some words uh, to the Romans. He, he actually started a church in Rome, like uh, the jar was started here. He leaves and then he writes back to them, and this is what he says. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. Now, one of the polls that we have in our culture is to say, it's about you. Life is all about you. You're the most important person in the universe. The sun doesn't revolve. You revolve around everything because you are the most important thing. You are the most important person there is. The world revolves around me, not the sun. Well, no, that's not really true. Uh, This scripture actually tells us it looks more like this. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the what? What's it say? Renewing of your what? Your mind. So the scripture says that there are two parts. There's God's part, and then there's our part. God's part is the transformation part. Only He has the power to change you from the inside out. In fact, the Greek word for the word transform, which is our English word, is the word metamorpho, which comes to be the word metamorphosis. So it's the concept of that little caterpillar getting into the cocoon, and then what does it become? A butterfly. It becomes something totally, absolutely different, but it's a beautiful beautiful change. And when we surrender to the transforming power of God, He changes us to look different. We are transformed. So, what's our part? If God's part is the transformation part, what is our part? Well, our part is to renew our minds and our way of thinking daily. That we are to think differently about ourselves when we come to Christ. Let God transform you into a new person in the way that you think. Folks, when you surrender your life to God, when you ask Jesus Christ to forgive your sins and to be the leader of your life, what happens is immediately all of your sins are forgiven. You don't have to carry them anymore. And your uh, destination is secure, that it's eternal, that you go to heaven. But what I've discovered, and maybe you've discovered as well, is that there's not a delete button to my thoughts. That just because I come to Christ, it doesn't mean that those old thoughts don't come back into your head. Do do, do you agree? Is that true? Yeah. There's, There's these thoughts, even once we come to Christ, there's these thoughts that tempt us, that come back to us. There are these Old patterns of thinking that can come to our minds. Old patterns of relating to people. We come to Christ and all of a sudden we're like, well, I shouldn't act this way around people, I should act like Christ. But all of a sudden, someone says something or does something stupid in your family, and you're like, blah! You're like, woo, where'd that come from? That was that thought from your past that was coming back to intercede into your head. Those things, folks, don't automatically go away. So we have to change what we're thinking about. We have to change our attitudes toward what we're thinking about. You see, folks, attitudes are a lot like diapers. They need to be changed every once in a while. 
And if they don't get changed, guess what? You stink. You stink. Folks, each day you have to renew your attitude. I mean, that's why for some of you, you don't need a new job. You know what you need? A new attitude. For some of you, you don't need a new marriage. You know what you need? A new attitude. For some of you, you don't need a new kid. You need a new attitude. For some of you, you don't need a new cat. All right, I'm not going to go off on cats. but All right, now the... <laughs> messed up. All right, so the thing is, folks, is as you go through life, this is true. Where I'm going and where you're going, it's based upon your attitude because attitude is everything. When it comes to me and where I'm going, where it comes to you and where you're going, attitude is everything. Now, the problem is, is that sometimes this stinking thinking comes back into our heads. And we don't change our attitude. And pretty soon, we're not looking in the mirror and going, forget you. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. This is what we say. Forget you, God. I want to become greater and I want you to become less. Forget you people around my life. I don't want you to tell me what to do. I want to be the center of my own world. And so these thoughts enter our minds and our attitudes change and then our thoughts become our actions. This week I uh, read a really cool quote from from, uh, Margaret Thatcher who was the first uh, British Prime Minister and this is what she said. Watch your thoughts, for they become your words. Watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. Watch your habits, for they become your character. And watch your character, for it will become your destiny. I love that quote. And it all begins with the thought, and then it affects our actions, and then it becomes habits, and then our character starts looking like that and pretty soon we have a self-fulfilling destiny of where we're at you know when i'm tempted to listen to thoughts that are not of god and they come into my mind and they come often one of the things that i have worked on is turning to scripture to try to tell myself not to go down that road i can't change the thought but i can re Uh, direct it where it needs to go. And one of the things that I found is one verse in particular in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. And it'll come up on the side screens. And when a thought comes, this is what I say. I go, I capture every thought and I make it obey Jesus Christ. There's some girl walking down the road. She's got her yoga pants on, and all of a sudden I look. I can't help but notice, well, I don't have to let my thoughts go everywhere. So I go, I capture that thought, and I make it obey Jesus Christ. For some of you, maybe you're at work, and all of a sudden people start gossiping about someone. And you're like, ooh, it's going to be so good for me to be a part of it. And all of a sudden you get ready to jump into the gossip, and you're like, whoa, I capture every thought, and I make it obey Jesus Christ. And when I do this, I renew my mind. I found a great video that kind of uh, discusses the human brain and how it begins this renewal process. And it's the most succinct way that I think shows how you actually can renew your mind. 
of taking a thought captive and making it obey Jesus Christ and your mind is renewed. So I'd like you to look at the side screens and check out this video on how the human brain works. The human brain, made of approximately 100 billion neurons, the same number of stars that exist within our galaxy. The human brain monitors and regulates all of the body's actions and reactions. With over 5 trillion chemical operations occurring every second, and signals being transferred at speeds of over 260 miles per hour, our brain is rapidly analyzing and responding to all of the sights, sounds, and smells all around us. Now, because we are all born slaves to sin, our mind has been programmed to behave out of selfish desire. The way we think, dream, reason, and act are limited to the ways of this world. Now consider the facts for a moment. For every behavior we experience, our brain creates a neurological pathway. As behaviors are repeated, those pathways become increasingly more stable. Think of it this way. A single behavior maps out a dirt road in your brain, creating a basic pathway for your thoughts to travel. But as you repeat behaviors, your brain builds a highway, allowing for an increased volume and frequency of thoughts to move about, resulting in your day-to-day -day actions. In order to change our behavior, we must reprogram our brain. It requires the deconstruction of existing highways and is a process that takes time. The Bible directs us to take every thought captive and to commit daily to the renewing of our mind through the power of God's Word. And in time, the result is the formation of an entirely new neurological roadmap, leading you to the life you were meant to live. So the renewal of your mind begins when you capture a thought and you make it obey Jesus Christ and you go down a different journey. So if our goal then is to make Jesus greater and ourselves less, then we have to renew our mind. But how do we do that? How do we go about renewing our mind? Well, first of all, what you need to do in renewing your mind is it involves spending time with God. That if you're going to renew your mind, it begins in spending time with God. Folks, I'm pretty sure that almost everyone here probably would say, hey, I have a relationship with God. If someone came up to you and said, hey, do you have a relationship with God? They would say, yes, I do. I have a relationship. Now, What's the most important aspect to any relationship? Some guy said sex in the first celebration. So guys, it's important if you're married, if you're married, but it's not it. What is it? Communication. That's right. Communication. How do we communicate? If you have healthy communication in a relationship, that relationship is going to be healthy. And the key for you to have a healthy relationship with God is to have a healthy communication with Him. And in Christianity, what do we call this? Prayer. It's something that we connect back and forth 
with God. This is where you have a two-way kind of conversation when you're both talking and listening to God. You come to God and you go, God, you're so wonderful, you're so good, you provide all my needs for me, uh, but God, I'm concerned about these things. And you share what you're concerned about, little things, big things, in between things. And then you're like, hey, and God, um, you know, this is what I'm hoping for. I'm asking that you would do this in my life. And then you stop and pause, and then you listen to his voice. One of the things that I try is 10 minutes each day to be quiet before God just to listen to his voice. So you spend time with prayer. And if you're like, well, I've never really known how to pray or I'm concerned about it, we have a brochure that looks exactly like that that's at the resource table. And I don't know why, before you would leave today, if you're not praying in a consistent way, go and get that particular one to help out. Now, the second way that we work with this is by reading the Bible. Um, We spend time with God through prayer, and then secondly, we do it through reading the Bible. And since we've started the JAR, one of the things that I've encouraged people, if you want to grow closer to God, one of the most important ways you can do that is by taking this book and reading it so that it impacts your life. And so if you, again, if you've never had a Bible reading plan. We have one at the resource table. You can just go there. It takes 15 minutes, and you can go through the book of Luke by the end of June. So by the end of this month, you would have been through that book, and you would learn more about Christ's life. Now, the problem is we often struggle to be disciplined to do these two things. And where does that discipline struggle come? with our time. We just say, well, I don't have time. I don't have time to do this. And pretty soon you're like, uh, well, I don't have 15 minutes. Now, let's, let's all be real. We have 15 minutes where sometimes we just pick our nose, okay? I mean, you probably pick your nose 15 minutes a day. Um, but we don't have time for God. And so one of the things that both of these tools will help is to give you a discipline to do that. That's why I've used these uh, throughout Um, my spiritual walk. Um, That way, um, I continue to grow in a relationship with him. Now, uh, what happens, though, is we skip a day, and then another day gets skipped, and pretty soon we start beating ourselves up, and we listen to the evil one who says, oh, well, you haven't done it for four days, then you should just stop. And then all of a sudden, we just stop. We give in. And when that happens, it detracts us, and we do this, you know, it's like tomorrow, we're like, I'm going to go read the Bible, so I'm going to read four chapters. We get the Bible out, we read four chapters. Then Tuesday comes, and we go, oh, I don't have time for that. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and all of a sudden, it's five Tuesdays, and you haven't spent any time, and the reason is you didn't have the discipline to do that. But once you have the discipline to do it over time, you actually have a desire to want to pray, and to read Scripture. For example, this morning, I was feeling kind of anxious, and uh, I had my regular reading, and it was in Isaiah chapter 25. And I had a desire, not just out of obligation, but I wanted God in my life. And this is what the Scripture said. Trust in the Lord always, 
For the Lord your God is an eternal rock. And all of a sudden, I came out of that. I'm like, well, I'm not anxious as much because he's an eternal rock, and I can trust him always. Now, had I not had a desire to want to do that and the discipline to do that, I may have come up here today and, and not been able to do anything, you know? And some of you are like, well, you really haven't yet. But, you know, we're, we're still waiting. But, you know, just pray for me. That's all you can do. And, um, but all of a sudden, the anxiety was gone because there was something I was reading in the midst of that. Early in the life of the church, uh, one of the things that we uh, were thinking about was there, the homes that we were meeting in uh, became too small for the group of people. And so we had 25 people that were meeting the houses and so we moved here to the Y upstairs where the kids meet now. And we had uh, growth that took place uh, during that time. We went from 25 to 10. Doesn't sound like growth, does it? 25 to 10. And I was discouraged and I was depressed and I was ready to throw in the towel. And I was so disheartened and I was like, why is God making me have this setback? He's giving me a setback for this. Well, one of the things that I was consistent with early on in the church and try to be still today is each day I read Scripture and I pray. And the way I do my prayers is I actually write them out. And so I looked back to my journal in February of 2004, and when I felt like God had given me a setback, this is what I wrote in my journal. God, I attempt to show other people that I have it all together and be fake on the outside, but on the inside, God, I feel anxious, alone, and as if my life doesn't matter. That I have no worth. I feel like you have simply set me up to see this church fail. It felt like a set back. Any of you ever have a setback before where you're hoping for something and you think it's going to happen and then all of a sudden there's this setback and you're like, oh. When the same journal reading that I was uh, looking at, I had a scripture that I'd written down, Romans 12, 2, which is what we're talking about today. And this is what it said. Let go and let God transform the way you think. Then you will know what to do. And we prayed as a church, and again, there's only ten people, so, you know, everybody had a chance to pray back in those days, you know. And so we prayed, and this is what we sense God telling us to do. To take all the money that we had at that point, to go ahead and rent a movie theater, to get 280 tickets of the movie, The Passion of the Christ, and then to pass those out free to everybody and to start the impact of reaching out to people who were far from God. We sold out the theater. We had to tell people that they couldn't come. Then, on the backside of that, we went to the Children's Museum here downtown, and 100 people came back we had pizza and free childcare, so I think a lot of it was that. But anyways, uh, they came, 
And then the next week, we stopped meeting on Sunday nights, and we started meeting Sunday mornings, and we had 40 people at that very first celebration that was upstairs. And you see, I thought it was a setback because we had gone from 25 to 10. But what God was trying to do was to challenge me to be able to say, will you depend upon me more than you depend upon yourself? Will you trust me more than you trust yourself? Because this is the truth, folks, that sometimes our setbacks are simply God's set-ups for what He's going to do in a greater way in your life. But it's hard to understand this when you're going through it. And so what helps that process? It is the renewing of my mind. I capture every thought and I make it obey Jesus Christ. Because the evil one, Satan himself, will want to put thoughts in your head uh, that tell you you're not worth it. You're not enough. But God says, no, 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 no. Don't listen to those lies. Capture that thought and make it obey Christ. And then I'll be able to say, I'll do something bigger and greater in your life. And God set us up. And we were set up to launch the church in such a way where there have been hundreds of people who have been impacted because of God's mighty ways. Folks, there are always going to be thoughts in your mind that tell you, you can't do that. God won't do that for you because you haven't been kind or loving or obedient. God won't work in these ways. And we must take those thoughts captive and make them obey Jesus Christ. And as we do that, this renewal takes place in our mind. So, renewing our mind involves actually spending time with God. The second thing is, it involves daily obedience. It involves daily obedience. You see, this is what will happen. As you start spending time with God, He's going to tell you to do some things. And then you have a choice at that point. Either I'm going to obey God and do what He tells me to do, or I'm going to keep doing my own thing. Before we went public as a church, we sensed God was telling us to rent this theater, and so we did that. We followed God, and many people who were far from God came to Christ during that time. Now, this week, I uh, spent my quiet time with God on Thursday morning, and uh, on Thursdays, I spend 10 minutes saying, God, uh, if there's anything with my family that you want to tell me, I'm listening. And sometimes I don't get anything. But this particular Thursday, this is what I sensed. Do devotions with your girls tonight. And I was like, oh, okay. And then all of a sudden I was like, ah, oh, yeah. Memorial Day came. And we didn't do devotions because we were on vacation from God, you know. Uh, we had Memorial Day. And then Tuesday and Wednesday came, and the girls are out of school now, and so we didn't do devotions then. We just weren't being that obedient. But on Thursday night, we're, we're way behind on American Idol, but we did finally find out last night who won, okay? But on that particular day, we were still uh, watching Idol, and I shut it off. I said, hey, guys, we're going to do our devotions. And... Sometimes my girls are kind of like, oh, my word, why are we doing that? Put it on idle. I'm like, yeah, that's your problem. You got an idol. You know, and no, I didn't say that. But this particular night, they're like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 we want to 
we'll do that. And so it was on Psalm 91, and the whole focus came from me simply taking my phone out, going to the Version app. So if you don't have that, you should download it now. The Version app, and they have these reading plans for kids. And the one that we were looking at was kids can fight fear. And so we read this scripture, Psalm 91, and then we talked about that fear is a feeling. It's not who I am. And at the very end of this little five-minute devotion, it gave a question. This was the question. What makes you feel afraid? And so my youngest daughter, Shiloh, says, Bees make me afraid. And then my oldest daughter, Jordan, says, Tarantulas make me afraid. And then our babysitter uh, was there, and she's going to Ball State, and she said, Tests make me afraid, uh, because she has summer school that she's doing. And then my uh, wife said, Well, not being the best mom to you girls makes me afraid. And then I said, Failing in the future makes me afraid. And then my youngest daughter, Shiloh, turned to me and said, Daddy, don't worry about failing in the future. You never fail. You just try again. And I was like, wow, that's good. I'm going to write that down. That just took one minute of my teaching this week. And folks, this is what happened. My mind was totally renewed. And then my whole family's mind that night was renewed. And it had to do with the fact that we simply chose to obey. Now again, we don't do this all the time. I just told you Memorial Day we didn't obey. Tuesday we didn't obey. Wednesday we didn't obey. But when we obey, there are rewards that come with it. Now if you spend time with God this week, He may challenge you to do devotions with your kids. He may challenge you to uh, go reach out to a person. He may challenge you to mow your neighbor's yard. He may challenge you to do something else. And as we listen to his word and in prayer, he gives us a step to take. And this is kind of how it works. I begin here, and I'm spending time with God, and I listen to him, and I take a step, and I obey. And then all of a sudden, I listen to God again, and I take another step, and I obey. And then all of a sudden I listen to God again and I take another step and I obey. And then I take another step as I listen to God and I obey. And pretty soon I look back and I'm like, whoa, I'm not the same person I was a week ago or a month ago or a year ago. And it just was one step of obedience each time that I walked. Now, you might say, Today, hey bunch, what is it that this listening to God in prayer and taking steps, how do we do that? Well, Scripture says this in Romans chapter 6, verse 16. Don't you realize that you become the slave whatever you choose to obey? And then it says, you can become a slave to sin, which leads to death, or you can choose to obey God which leads to righteous living. You see, the scripture is very clear. You're going to choose to obey something. Every single person in this place is going to choose 
to obey something. Now, there might be a guy here that's like, I ain't going to obey anything. Nobody tells me to obey anything. I don't obey anything. I only obey myself. Yep, that's right. You do. And that's who you obey. Yourself. It's all about you. And you live in that world enough where there is the sinfulness that comes and you think it's all about you all the time and people look at you and this is what they think. You're loud and you're brash and you don't care about anyone except yourself. And Scripture says that's sin. Or you can obey righteousness and you can do what God tells you to do as you spend time with Him in His Word and through prayer and you take those steps one at a time, one at a time, obey and listen, obey and listen, and then all of a sudden you look back and you realize you truly have changed. You're not the person that you once were. That God has renewed your mind because you chose to obey Him. Now, here's kind of your take-home thought, uh, if you want to take it home. And it deals with this whole issue of obedience, and here it is. My closeness to God can be measured by the time it takes from His command to my obedience. The time it takes from His command to my obedience determines how close you are to God. In other words, you could put it this way. When God says go, how long does it take before I'm gone? If God asks you to do something, how long does it take? Now, God had said things to me earlier in the week on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday about my family, but I just kind of ignored them. But once I chose to obey and I jumped into it, there were rewards that came to my obedience. But any time that you are choosing delayed obedience, what you're choosing really is disobedience. You have to understand that. That the journey to making God greater and yourself less is simply taking that thought, making it obey Jesus Christ, and then living a new journey of life. You take that thought, and I make it obey Jesus Christ. I wake up in the morning, I'm going out, and all of a sudden I have this thought, I capture that thought, and I make it Jesus Christ. All of a sudden I get to work, and there's another thought. I capture that thought, and I make it obey Jesus Christ. Later in the day, I capture this thought, and that's all you do. Day after day after day, I capture that thought, and I make it obey Jesus Christ over and over again. And as you're on this journey, all of a sudden, again, folks, you look back on the steps that you take. And maybe it was two steps forward and one step back. That's been my whole spiritual experience. Two steps forward, one step back. Two steps forward, one step back. But I'm going forward because the best that I can, I'm trying to capture every thought and make it obey Jesus Christ. But here's the problem. There's a lot of thoughts going through our minds, aren't there? It's hard to capture all of them. You just saw the video, right? Did you see how many times there's thoughts that are going through your head? And so it's very, very difficult to do this. And what happens is sometimes we get thoughts that go, Oh, it is about me. Like I am the most important person. I deserve other people to put me first, 
in their world. And so you have to capture these thoughts. And that's when you look in the mirror and you go, forget you. It's not about you. And all of a sudden you start feeling afraid about something that God's asking you to do. And you sense this in your life. And so you look at it and you're like, but I'm afraid, God, I'm afraid. No, no, no. Forget you. It's not about you. And then you might be going through and all of a sudden God's saying, hey, I want you to apply for this job. And you're like, oh, no, 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 I couldn't do that. I mean, I, I would fail if I did that. I could. And now all of a sudden you're like, no, 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 no. I'm going to look in the mirror. Forget you. It's not about you. And then for some of you, uh, maybe it's an addiction in your life. And you're walking around going, oh, it's not affecting anyone else. It just affects me. But your kids or your girlfriend or your wife or your husband or your boyfriend, they're being hurt and impacted greatly. And you finally have to look in the mirror and just say, forget you. It's not about you. Maybe you have an issue in your marriage right now. Welcome to reality, folks, okay? You have an issue in your marriage, or you have an issue with one of your kids, or you have an issue, and all of a sudden, you start thinking, but it's really not my fault. It's their fault. I can show you. It's 92.3% their fault. You know what God says? Well, go ahead and think about just the part that's your fault, your judgmental attitude, the way that you're not loving them the way that you should. And you need to look in the mirror and go, forget you. It's not about you. And when we do that, folks, when we start living that way, He really does become greater. And you become less. And when you become less, this is the truth. You actually become more of who God time for you. Will you capture the thought and make it obey Christ or will you let your thoughts just kind of go? Will you take some time to say, you know what, I am starting tomorrow. I'm going to spend some time. I'm going to that table right after this. I'm going to get a pamphlet and I'm going to start doing that. Or with prayer. I don't don't really know how to pray. I'm going to go do that. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll do that. And then God asks you to do something, like do devotions with your kids. And you're like, I'm going to obey that. And that distance between that shows my closeness to the one who knows me best and who loves me most. But you know what the starting point is? You look in the mirror. You go, forget God, thank you so much for this teaching today. I thank you that it's a a teaching that I've needed. So help us, God, to know how to make you greater and for ourselves to be less. As you continue to pray, maybe God convicted you of something in this teaching. 
and there's some area of your life where it's been all about you. And you're like, you know what, I really do need to give that to God. He needs to become greater in this area, and I need to become less. And maybe you're just sensing that I need to maybe spend some more time with God in prayer and Bible. I just haven't been doing that, and my obedience has, has been very delayed. And if that's you today, that if there's something in your life, some aspect of your life where you want God to become greater and for you to become less, would you just raise your hand? Uh, Eyes are closed. It's dark in here. This is just between you and God, but be real with God. If you can't be real with anybody, be real with Him. Say, God, there is this area in my life that I need you to become greater. God, I pray for every hand that was lifted. Thank you for the guts that it takes for us to recognize that there are times where we think it all is about us. And so, God, would you help those hands that were raised up to you? They're asking for help. They want to change. God, would you give them the strength to do that? Give them courage, God, to spend time with you, to be able to obey you quickly. Help them to capture every thought that comes and to make it obey you and to move in the direction you're calling them. Now maybe you're here today and you realize that you've messed up some in your past and you've kind of drifted away from God and you're like, well, I think God has forgotten me. I I just don't think I've messed up too much. I I don't think I could be a part of his family again. And this is the thing about God. God never says forget you. But he always says I forgive you if you'll come to me. And maybe your thoughts have been about yourself and you've been drifting a little bit. But today's the way, day where you can drift back. You can say, Jesus, I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I need your hope. Jesus, I want your presence in my life. I need you to become greater and for me to become less. Jesus, I want you to be first in my life. I want you to become greater for me to become less. And so today, if you're ready to receive God's forgiveness and love and to begin a relationship with him for the first time or to finally decide I'm drifting back, I'm tired of drifting away from him, I want to drift back, if that's you, I invite you to repeat this prayer after me. And it's a prayer that we don't pray alone. We never pray alone here at the jar, but we pray together. Just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. Make me brand new. I believe you died and rose again so I could live with you. Fill me with your spirit so I could follow you for the rest of my life. My life is not my own. Today I give it to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Hey, let's give a hand to everybody who uh, said that for the first time or renewed that in Christ. Well, if you did pray that prayer this morning, we want to congratulate you and we want to celebrate with you and welcome to the family. But if you would like to uh, step back in the corner after service, Scotty's there to talk to you a little bit more, maybe answer some questions that you have, and uh, just let you know that we're here for you. And that commitment. And also, um, please make sure to check the box on the back of the Connect card, and someone can contact you that way as well.
We also talked about kids camp a little bit earlier. So, uh, oh, I got to go back. I'm sorry. We've got the connect card on the screen. Um, earlier, Chris mentioned the connect card. So if you'll pull this out, um, fill this out for us. We promise we won't hunt you down or spam you, but no, we just want to get to know you a little bit better um, and drop that in the offering as it comes around. Uh, or you can also do that on the JAR app. If you have not had an opportunity to download that yet, please do so. It's really easy to be able to, to give and to also uh, fill out the Connect card, and there's some other things on there as well that you can check out. Now to Kids Camp. I think I got excited about Kids Camp, so I jumped a little bit ahead of myself. Um, if you are interested in volunteering for that, we could always use lots of volunteers, and I can guarantee that they'll definitely find a spot for you up at Kids Camp if you're interested in volunteering. That is also in our program this morning, so if you fill that out and drop that in the bag as it goes around as well. At this time, I'd like to have the greeters come forward. Here at the JAR, we're not about your money. We just want to uh, give back to our God as he has given so graciously to us. So if you would do that with us, let's pray. Dear God, I just pray that you will take this offering today. Bless those who give so freely to you. Bless our community with it. And just use it for your glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Also, if you are new, maybe you've been coming here for a day or two, not a day or two, gosh, you won't be here for a day or two. If you've been coming here for a couple Sundays, um, we would like to just say welcome. So we'd like for you to uh, stop by our guest connections table, and we'd like to give you a free gift. Here at the JAR, we're also about serving our community. Um, so Surfest is going to be coming up. It's just our way of showing God's love and just giving back to those um, in our community. And uh, if you take a look at the side screens, we've got a short video about that. As you saw in the video, it's really simple. It's about maybe handing out a cookie to someone at the mall or maybe going over to the bus station and passing out some hot coffee or some newspapers. Um, but we do that every month on the second Saturday, and that's going to be coming up this Saturday at 10 a.m. So if you'd like to participate in that, it only takes about an hour of your time, so not long. And you can get signed up today at the resource table or another great reason to have the app, you can get signed up on there as well. Um, after church today, don't forget we've got the barbecue cook-off going on. It's just going to be right outside the Y. So we're going to have some great food, some great fun, so make sure you stick around for that as well. At this time, I would like to invite the prayer team forward. And if there's anything that you have needs uh, for today, make sure you go and pray with them. Okay, let's stand. Now, before we can go eat, we have to clean this place up, all right? So before you leave, if you could just pick up a chair and head that way, that would be great. Well, this week, every time that you wake up in the mirror, you can look in the mirror and go, forget you. It's not about you. And then those thoughts that we have 
that have a tendency to distract us, we capture them, we make them obey Jesus Christ. And as we go through this week, we really can make Him greater and ourselves less. Have a great week. Know that you're loved in this place. Thanks, everybody.